This episode of the Porter Notes podcast is brought to you by Sheila Trago Baby Quip. Leave the bulky baby gear at home. Traveling with a baby means packing a lot of stuff. Now, instead of lugging everything from home, you can rent clean and safe baby gear essentials at your destination and have them delivered before you arrive. If you are planning to travel to the Southwest Florida area, go to babyquip.com slash Sheila473. That's S-H-I-E-L-A-473. And Sheila Tregel will be able to provide you with the baby gear you need. Not traveling, but instead expecting a house full? No worries. We've got you covered. Choose from cribs, car seats, strollers, toys, and so much more. Proudly serving Collier and Lee counties. Do you know about Zaya? Zaya Active is an active lifestyle brand. It is also a culture that believes in embracing activity with excitement, vigor, and delight. Zaya feels that pushing your body and mind is easier and more fun with friends and family. Their mission is to inspire and uplift by making activity a fun and essential part of life. Contact Alicia Birch, Zaya Independent Representative, to book a product party, purchase individual items, or inquire about becoming an independent representative yourself. Alicia Birch, B-U-R-C-H, Zaya Independent Representative, is on Facebook. Look for the group Leisha in Leggings, Zaya Activewear. We have a link in the description of this episode. All right, let's get started. Hey everybody, this is Alex, and I would like to thank everybody who has tuned in. Do you tune in anymore? I don't know. I still like radio phrases like tuned in, I guess. Everybody out there listening to me right now, (laughs) it's the Porter Notes Podcast. What a treat we have in store for you today. This is an interview with musician, artist, ASC, American Song Contest, contestant, Jayco. And let me tell you something about this. It's very unique because longtime listeners know that we are friends and have been friends with Jayco and Gigi for a very long time. And so this episode has been in the works for quite some time. There's a lot of great there's a lot of great discussion. I'm very pleased with the end result. Also, one of the things that makes it unique is it is an interview conducted entirely solely by Lori. I think she did a great job. I'm sure you guys will think that she did a great job too. I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping here and then the interview and then Lori and I will conduct the wrap up at the end of this episode. 
I would just like to say thanks to everybody out there. I know it's been a while since we posted an episode. Your patience will be rewarded with this episode. You're going to love it. Please continue to follow Porter Notes Podcast. Now, I know they're taking podcasts off of Facebook, which is probably a good thing. I don't really know that they did much with them. But, you know, there's all kinds of places where you can hear us. And actually, we got picked up by Amazon recently, which is really cool, too. So if you listen to Amazon or Google or iHeartRadio or, of course, Apple Podcasts, that's the one that I use. Most people, I think, that I see on our demographics show that it's Apple Podcasts, but it doesn't matter. Whatever you use or if you've come directly to our website, porternotes.com, or our hosting site, which is on Podbean, any of those, it's great. Just as long as you give us a listen, give us a like give us a rating, a review, all of those things. It really does help out a lot. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't forget that you can drop us a line at any time. PorterNotes at gmail.com is a great way to do so. Otherwise, again, any of those places that I mentioned usually have a contact button. Please do feel free to use it. We love to hear from all of you. Also, I want to take a moment to talk about our bumper music. <laughs> That's what we call it anyway. So the intro and outro music for most of our podcast episodes for some time now has been provided by our good buddy, Torch. Find him on Facebook. His EDM stuff is terrific, and there's a whole lot more than just what you hear today. The drums were recorded a long time ago. That's what you hear generally before we go into the wrap-up. And that's my good buddy, Steve Fuller, who is the drummer for the Blacker Brothers Band. Many of our listeners are still in Wisconsin. I would like to urge you to check out the Blacker Brothers. They're great. And here's an unpaid endorsement for Baraboo Music. We love those guys. Austin and Aaron Blacker, great guys. They've got a great shop there. Many of you know that it used to be run by Andy Johnson. He's since retired from the music sales, and he's off doing his own thing, which is terrific. God go with you, Andy. You've been a great guy and a good friend. The Blacker Brothers now have taken the helm of that shop. So stop in. Check them out. Baraboo Music. Okay. Don't forget to check us out. All the places that I mentioned before. Here comes the interview with Jaco, Laurie Porter, and... Jaco. Jaco is a name that my my mother, my first mother, <laughs> Rowena, that was uh, the the name she gave me because in Filipino, it means my Jake because in in Tagalog, which is the main language Filipinos speak, mm -hmm. is you normally end the sentence with ko, which which means like it, it's a possessive type of. Um, word so mm -hmm. it was Jaco mm -hmm. and I actually just found out about that not too long ago but um it was just something that my family both my families were, were would call me so my father's side and my mother's side would call me Jaco mm -hmm. 
and then a lot of friends they just call me Jaco and did that start um, really young yeah okay yep yep because it started really young like you you just had to explain this when we were out in California with you that Jake what Jaco meant so yeah <laughs> and it's so funny and I don't mean to be offensive at all but I love how your mom says it because it almost sounds like Jacob <laughs> Yeah. And knowing now the meaning behind it, it it does make it a lot more special and and meaningful. Yeah, it's it's just really funny because she was under the impression that she told me the meaning behind it years and years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was just before I actually left for L.A. when she was like, "Um, have I ever told you why it's that? And we were... I was, I was like, no, uh, you never told me. And she's like, I've never told you. And I was like, no, seriously, <laughs> you haven't told me. And she was like, well, it just means like my Jake, you know. So it's 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 cute because, yeah, it's um it's it's a personable type of thing. Well, and it's, being... it's not it's not out of means of being cliche. Like, right. I think a lot of people, a, a lot of. Uh, no disrespect at all but a lot of americans probably think it's i'm trying to be ironic about it like it's supposed to be jello or mm-hmm. um you know like a justomatic which kind of mm-hmm. harkens back to like an era of the 50s right or daddy-o it's sure. it's definitely it's an embrace of um my filipino side your heritage yeah. right right i like yeah. it and i never thought any of those things if other people are thinking those then Shame yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, assuming that's what people think. Right. But I think it, yes, uh, I it, it probably see. lends itself to thinking that. Yeah. Right. I could see that. So now that we have the meaning behind the name, we're going to go back to when you were a kiddo. You were born in the U.S. Is that correct? Yes. I know that you lived in the U.K. for a while, but I don't know a lot about that time. And I guess before we get there, maybe I need to find out first. When was the first time you had a guitar put in your hands? How old were you? So, yeah, I I, I was born in, in California in 1993. I was actually born on Vandenberg Air Force Base, mm-hmm. which is now known as Vandenberg Space Force Base. Space Force. <laughs> I think that's so cool because it really adds to the fact of why I'm always interested in in sci-fi and futurism and space exploration and sea exploration and just anything yes Mm -hmm. it's kind of you know I'm really much fascinated in a lot of that that area so I think it's it's it that my birthplace is quite reflective of my personality um shortly after I was born um the family and I we moved to Arizona and we lived in Phoenix, Arizona for quite some time, um, I believe until I was like seven years old, mm-hmm. and um, Tolleson to be exact. Mm-hmm. And so after Arizona, the family moved, moved to, to England, to the UK, and we I, that's where I pretty much think where I felt like I was raised mm-hmm. as a child was in the UK. That was... Um, a large part of my my formative years sure and I think from that moment on too at at, at a really young age that's when I started to actually experience that there was some divisiveness Mm -hmm. 
between Americans and specifically um, f- from 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 the Brits, mm-hmm. the British people, and because I I was often bullied, so I was at a young age I knew what it was to be differentiated mm-hmm. in such a complex way mm-hmm. culturally, um, and also nationality wise too because um you it's funny because it's when you when an american goes overseas they are viewed as an american Mm -hmm. nothing else nothing Mm -hmm. more like your skin could be a different color but it's really your mannerisms would dictate that you're from america i get that having been to paris (laughs) yeah yeah so it's strange but to to also be young and to realize mm-hmm. that if you do look different, mm-hmm. that is another factor. So I, I don't know if I'm, I'm making sense to where I'm like building myself up in my mm-hmm. mentality. I My father was in the military. He mm-hmm. was in the U.S. Air Force. So that's why we were traveling so much um, from a young age. So to bring us back on track from 2000 to 2004, that's when I was in the UK. And then shortly after that, we moved to Florida mm-hmm. <laughs> where you guys are actually, you yes. know, and, um, I lived there for two years on the panhandle mm-hmm. right in Destin, but Beautiful. specifically on Eglin air force base. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, that's when I talking about where I felt othered, that's when I really found out about racism here in Florida <laughs> and I, yep, in Florida. And that's when I, I, that's when I knew I wasn't just an American, but I knew that I was how a lot of other people perceived me was as Puerto Rican, as mm. Mexican, as I, w- I was going to called all different types of stuff. So that's when I started to be more introspective as a person too, mm-hmm. around that time. And then after that, the family decided to settle in Wisconsin because that's my my father retired when he was in in Florida. So we retired in Wisconsin, and I've been here since um, over ten years. I think sixteen years to okay. be exact. So that's been your longest stay. So yeah, yep. And then in that, Wisconsin, did you feel any of that or? <laughs> Yes, I did. <laughs> so I, I think, yeah, you don't look like a Wisconsinite. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't I, mean I, that by your skin color. I mean that by <laughs> your your appearance, and and so you don't fit in necessarily with that type of community. And I've seen people, you know, that give you a second look, and it's not a bad second look, but it's no, like no, 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 a curious look, like what is he doing here? But yeah. Yeah, you definitely have this air about you that it's it's a special thing, and uh, not everybody understands that. Yeah, and and I I think it's good that you're clarifying that too, Lori, because I, I'm not trying to make the the conversation depressing no. from the get go. It, it really does add and lends itself to the makings of who I am as a person. Absolutely, and that adversity. That's one part of my adversity that really forms me into who I am right. and the image of who I am. And to answer your question, when I came to Wisconsin, it wasn't so much 
it, there was parts of it where it was a racial. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really conform to the idea of race, but it was a, a very a, a racial type of thing that I was experiencing in Wisconsin mm-hmm. as well. But it was more so my personality. Um, I guess you could say it, it was a cultural image mm-hmm. um, because I was a skater dude and a, mm-hmm. a, a surfer dude from Florida <laughs> and I had long hair. And it was different, you know, moving to a rural farming community. That was really different and radical for a lot of people to see. So I was getting more so bullied in in that regard. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, city slicker. So it's it's more of a more of like a urban rural divide that I was experiencing, which is still prevalent today. Mm -hmm. So. I've always known that I was I was different and I always knew that I never fit into where I was like although I'm Filipino if I went to the Philippines I wouldn't be Filipino mm-hmm. if I came here to the states I am an American but I wouldn't be seen as an American mm-hmm. so I I was I always had this identity loss mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. so I think with my music it really allowed me to find out who I wanted to be and what I wanted to be perceived at. That's why I started coming up with these different labels, like mm-hmm. Nouveau Retro, mm-hmm. because I felt like that best described me. Um, not that I need labels, but yeah, just creating things felt the most form of personifying who I was. Sure. So that's why we're kind of, <laughs> you know, and I think that's ultimately too uh, why I was introduced to you guys and I, I found you guys in mm-hmm. such a way because I was just attracted to the, the eclecticness and the artisticness mm-hmm. and the musicality of, you know, Kettle and Cup. Mm-hmm. Of, Our coffee shop you know, that Al we Porter. had in Wisconsin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Al Porter and, and, and Lori Porter, you know, it was, it just, it, that was one of the few places where I felt where I could be me. And I, I am so feel. happy to hear that. For the short time that we had that place, I really think that we did touch lives there and made people feel like they had a place to belong during that time. And if that's the only thing that we pull out of there or our only legacy for that period of time, I'm perfectly happy and honored to have that. So thank you. But you guys definitely you guys definitely did that. And it's it's not just from from our conversation alone that I know. Mm-hmm. It's 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 prevalent mm-hmm. when you pass by the remnants of your your yeah. guys's <laughs> old establishment <laughs> because it it was the it was the most colorful and vibrant building in the town. Yes, out of beige and monochrome colors, it was Absolutely. it was the most it was the thing that stood right. <laughs> stood out like a sore thumb. I hope they never paint um, over that place. <laughs> Yeah, I hope they don't either. But it, I feel like it was a place for the for the outcast. It was a place for for the artists. It was a place for mm-hmm. creatives, the renegades, <laughs> the, <laughs> the roamers. People didn't you know, know how it, to it label just, us. <laughs> yeah, and I felt like it's that's how the world um, connects people, though. It's truly through the feelings, and Mm -hmm. I think that's why we're really, really (laughs) good friends, Lori. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Yeah. 
Well, and so from, it happens and, for a reason. Right, exactly. And, and you know, as you mentioned, friends, but it's it's more than a friendship for us. It's not a weird thing, people. No, right? no, no, no. It's just, yeah. it's a family thing. It, it feels more like family than anything. But so how old were you when you did get the guitar in your hand? Around 11 years old. Okay. It it's, always changes, but I feel like that was okay. probably around the time. And self-taught? And self-taught. Okay. And self-taught means that I didn't have any lessons, um, that <laughs> I locked myself in a room and I taught myself how to play guitar um, just strictly through listening to music mm-hmm. for hours on end. Mm-hmm. And around that time, we're talking, I believe, so it, it, it would have been in the in the, the thousands, like mm-hmm. the early the 2000s. So LimeWire... Napster. Oh my goodness. <laughs> or wow. big things. But I also had like the iPod like the iPod Nano, I believe. Oh my goodness, that's so, so funny. I was using I was using my iPod a lot more uh, around that time and I would just put songs on shuffle and I would try to mm-hmm. listen to just play to the music along with and them. try to replicate it. Yep. Yes. Yep. So who and, were you listening to? Who was yeah. your influence? So when I was starting to pick up guitar, I was also really interested in bass guitar. Mm. So my brother, he had the electric guitar, which, you know, I, I, I would pick it pick up his electric guitar and play it a lot. And a lot of the times it was, it was like, um, it was like Black Sabbath stuff and mm. ACDC. A lot of the first quintessential guitar stuff. Mm-hmm that guitar players learn like smoke on the water mm-hmm. um, back in black highway to hell <laughs> <laughs> but um i i think shortly after that i i i really was interested in like punk music punk pop to mm-hmm. be exact and blink 182 mm-hmm. fallout boy some 41 Simple Plan. Those are some names that mm-hmm. kind of popped in my head as far as what I was really playing. When we first heard you, you were doing a band that was punk-ish. Am yeah. I am I recalling that correctly? Yeah. Yes. Yep. That that skateboarder surfer dude mm-hmm. who I was from Florida. I I brought that to Wisconsin, and I think the friends that I made. We really vibed with that type of music, and I think our angst so, <laughs> also uh, also clicked with punk pop, and that's why we started. I I, I started the band um, Basic Age. Mm-hmm. And are yeah. any of those people that you played with still playing music or doing music? I hope so, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I've I've um, I shortly a- after high school, I pretty much just I when I went to college, it was, it was just that, that separateness. Mm-hmm. So, um, that happens. you know, it, the, there's always a fallout with, you know, sure. friends and certain family members, not that it's bad, but it's just, you move on. Right. And yeah, I, I, I'm sure that they still play music and I, I hope they do, but and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So from there, I think we saw you at the at the farm, as I mentioned, and then you came in one day to the coffee shop and wanted to jam with Alex, my husband. And at that moment, I was like, "Oh my goodness, 
we have a star in our coffee shop. (laughs) (laughs) And we have been very involved with you since then on different levels, of course, more, you know, in your later career, I guess. And um, it's been a it's been such a fun ride. It's been a cool experience watching you grow, watching my husband grow as a musician also. I mean, he learned so much playing with you and being a part of your band. So it's it's um what's the word I want to use? It's contagious music. It 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 gets you. And even for those of us like myself, I don't play I, I do play some instruments, but nothing in a rock band kind of setting. And, you know, music is it moves people. It touches people. So tell me a little bit about what your hope is when someone's listening to your music. To do the same. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, to make them move, to make them dance, to make them sing, to forget about their problems mm-hmm. um, that they're currently having. And even if it's just for a short, short amount of time, but ultimately to to make people feel something. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, and especially in today's um, day and age, I, I feel like there there is to some extent uh, a disconnect. Uh, with feeling when being connected to like social media and your devices Mm -hmm. and of course i might be generalizing in in that regards but i I, yeah it's it's not a mission that i put onto myself like i I hope i don't have a savior complex about this because (laughs) but ultimately it's just music makes me feel good and I would like to make people feel good too. Right. But as my, I always tell myself too, Lori, that um, for for music, for me, I would like to educate, I would like to entertain, and I'd like to inspire people. And mm-hmm. I live by those three words, mm-hmm. you know, entertain, educate, inspire. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that I needed to, to put purpose onto my music and my art. So it made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And it's not something I, I took from anybody else. It's just something that I I needed to make it goal specific. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, music, <laughs> I think that when, whether you play an instrument or you do vocals or you're just a listener, music is part of you. It's, it's like an appendage. It's like a, it's like your arm or your leg. You can't live without it. Yeah, I've... I've had some some ups and downs to where like I couldn't play music. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, when I shattered my collarbone and mm-hmm. I shattered it in seven pieces. Right. And I had a plate and I believe eight screws. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't play guitar for for a while, and that was probably the hardest, one of the hardest times musically for me. Because um, all I could do was sing, and all mm-hmm. I could do was pick the guitar lightly, mm-hmm. and all I could do was uh, was imagine. But that's that's a very powerful thing, and strengthens you as an artist is you know to use your brain mm-hmm. and not so much be so physical and tangible about mm-hmm. your music. But yeah, it's um, 
it's it's hard to live <laughs> without when it really it's right. like who you internally feel like you are right. as a person as a musician and you can't let that up <laughs> right well and it's like a therapy right so if if it's one of the therapies that you do to get through that day or that moment or that time in your life and then you can't do it you're kind of lost it's it's uh <laughs> it's it's like breathing mm-hmm. that's a Music really like great breathing. way to say it i agree with you you know and and and, and kind of what i wanted to also mention too is that we're really talking about the feeling of music and then we were just talking about you know how the coffee shop how it invited people because of that feeling mm-hmm. you know feeling that openness and that connectedness i wanted to to touch base on the fact that you 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 had mentioned that even though you and al are old enough to be like my parents <laughs> i think to a lot of viewers and um people who who are probably listening to this podcast who have a familiarity mm-hmm. uh, with us mm-hmm. and um to a lot of the the new listeners who who probably don't have a good idea of who you know al and Lori porter are and who i am as jaco we're very much connected mm-hmm. um, spiritually, and I don't. I don't want. <laughs> you totally to took my segue, into, man. <laughs> I, I don't want to take it into an esoteric way, too, because, like, right now, you know, we just know what right. we're going to talk about, and and we didn't it, pre. It, we did not share questions or conversation <laughs> beforehand. We're winging this. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we just, we have a feeling, and we know mm-hmm. it feels. When I came into the coffee shop, I felt like I knew you guys for mm. years, even though mm-hmm. I hadn't met you guys at all. It felt like we were friends in another mm-hmm. lifetime. We were family in another lifetime. Yeah. And it seems like it was probably a repetitive thing, mm-hmm. which has led us to today. And a lot of people will see the age difference. And a lot of people who know me, I'm not into age. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe there very much is an ageist um idealism mm-hmm. implanted on society and we have never viewed each other as the age difference it's right. always been like we're like best friends right and a, a lot of our family members are probably like you need to get friends who are your same <laughs> age it's like i don't i don't think you understand it's that Al is like my best friend. Lori's like my second mom, <laughs> who is also weirdly like a best friend too. Mm-hmm. I mean that it's, yeah. Well, and don't forget Grace. I mean, I think she's sitting next to you, isn't she, or nearby? <laughs> yes, Gigi. Gigi is always nearby. Gigi, yes. <laughs> Jaco and Gigi, <laughs> because Yo, I Gigi. because of that closeness, I have these other names, and I have to remember when we're doing these things that it's Gigi and Jaco. <laughs> yeah, she. So, like, I think to answer for Gigi is that Gigi, you and Gigi are like best friends. Yeah. Yeah. And not that we're you and I are right. not best friends, but I would say I think Al and me are are best buds in in that regards. I can too. absolutely 
attest to that because when we did get out to LA, which I'm, we're going to talk about later, I don't want to get too far into that right now, but when the two of you gave each other a hug, it was like, oh my goodness, the universe is all correct and right right now. So (laughs) it was a really... It gave me goosebumps. It was a hardcore bromance, not to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it it gave me goosebumps because it was just I don't know. I it's an overwhelming feeling that you can't really describe, and it was just it was it was a really sweet, tender moment, not in a weird way, but you know, just it was just a really great moment, and I I it got was. to witness that, and I'm thankful for that. So. Anyway, well, it was, yeah, yeah. We don't want to talk too much about LA yet. We're going to go there at some point. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, so you said eleven was when you got the guitar, and yeah. you also play some other instruments, correct? Yes, I, I I'm a I'm a multi instrumentalist. Mm-hmm. I play guitar. Mm-hmm. I play bass guitar. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of that having a rhythmic background, I, I play drums. Mm-hmm. I play trombone. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm fluent in trombone. I actually know how to read music in trombone. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Mandolin, uh, piano. Since I'm a self-taught musician, mm-hmm. I can if if I want to pick up a certain instrument, like say the dulcimer, um, or just anything. Like I, if give me time. And I'll learn it, it inside out. and out. I'll mm-hmm. learn the mechanics of it, and mm-hmm. I'll learn uh, the, the note, you know, to to actually produce the notes of right. a certain instrument. Um, so I say that I know those other instruments, but really, I feel like if you gave anybody time to learn an instrument, they mm-hmm. too would be a multi instrumentalist. Mm-hmm. But proficiently, I, I would say. <laughs> it was those those mm-hmm. instruments. Yeah. Sure. And did you play trombone on one of the songs on one of the records? Was that you or did you I have did. somebody else? I did. Um, the reason why I'm a little hesitant uh, about saying that, because I don't want to steal somebody else's credit. And um, the song that comes to mind, the only song that I actually played on, on my first record was Warm Kisses and Cold Beers. I played mm-hmm. trombone on that one. Okay. But... Um, the sound engineer and co-producer who was Nathan Russell, mm-hmm. Nathan actually told me not to play the trombone for, for a song called Jazz Cigarellos. Mm-hmm. And the reason behind that was I just freshly healed up for my collarbone mm-hmm. um, breakage that I talked about, and I went right into the studio. So I was actually still recording with a broken collarbone, and I couldn't... So when you when you play trombone, you, you use your right hand to, mm-hmm. to slide. The extension, the, yeah. yeah. Yes, and that was actually the side where I, I broke my right collarbone. And I was trying to do like this, this type of swell. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to do that in a very jazz type of manner, but I couldn't do it because I was, I was incapable of doing that. That extension so, um, part. Yeah, I had somebody else do that. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, it was it was just warm kisses and cold beers. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Good to know because I thought you did on the other one too. So Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we've given that credit was, where credit is due. So Yeah, that was that was Kyle Bernander okay. on trombone for, for jazz cigarellos. Yep. Multi instruments, vocals, 
and dancing. Tell me about that. Did you learn? <laughs> did you was that self-taught or were you it's did you learn from somebody? Yeah. <laughs> did you watch it, videos or or where did you? you know, I think dancing, dancing. Uh, I I think it's something that I absorbed at such a young age too, um, especially being raised in a Filipino community. I was just going to ask if that's a, is yeah. that a big thing in the, in the Filipino it culture? Okay. It is. Um, Filipinos are very, um, they're just, it's such an entertaining culture. Mm-hmm. Like it's built around, like, <laughs> like it's built around something called the magic mic, which is a karaoke microphone. Oh. <laughs> and um, so there's a lot of singing. There's a lot of dancing and there's a lot of food and good times. So it's again. Yeah, I, I think seeing that. Yeah, I think seeing that as a kid, uh, it was just like, okay, I saw that, and I probably took some dance moves from 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 other dancers, but I don't know how to. You know, it's just like subconsciously right um, there. But you know, there of course there's a lot of other dancers who I've who I've looked up to, mm-hmm. and a, a big one would would definitely have to be James Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Brown is one of my favorite dancers. Um, performers. Prince. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Performers. Prince, yeah. And, um, you know, it's, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of uh, blues, R&B, mm-hmm. pop performers, they, yeah, I would just, I would see what they were doing. They're fast on their feet. But, they they have a lot of foot movement. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Bruno Mars, too. Bruno yeah. Mars is, yeah, he's awesome. Another Filipino brother. Yeah, but, that's um, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I'm so sure we he know... was raised in a similar environment. Oh, what's okay. Up? Okay. So, f- Filipino. And then what's the other half? So, the other half, <laughs> but my father is is, is um, an Irish-American. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think... They dance, too. They certainly do. There's the a lot of similarities again. As well. The fast moving feet, and but I should I should also mention so I don't sound ignorant that that's where a lot of culture is based upon too is mm-hmm. is singing and uh, yeah, dancing. You're right. So it happens <laughs> everywhere. So I don't want to sound like it's just right. Filipinos and, and Irish, but I was raised uh, in a family too to where. You know, there was a lot of singers like who mm-hmm. who would sing Irish tread and ballads, mm-hmm. um, and my cousin was part of Trinity Dancing, mm-hmm. um, the Trinity Irish Dancing Team. Wow! So there was a lot of jigging too. <laughs> jigging, <laughs> clogging. Yeah, you, know, you have a lot of Irish jigs, and yeah, yeah I, I think a lot of that lends itself to to what. I was visually seeing yeah, a lot sure. too. So kind of helped mold you and and uh, yeah, and then you just took it to another level and made it your own. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I wanted to make it my own, so it wasn't like I was I was bringing too much of you somebody know, say, else or something. James else. Brown, you sure. know. Yeah, it's right. just to do it to the best of my capabilities, right. and then it'll, it'll automatically make it. <laughs> bad <laughs> <laughs> no not bad yeah no no so, I, yeah some of my most fun memories when we were still living in wisconsin which we didn't get to do this very often because you were usually singing and performing Gigi and i would um you know be on the dance floor together 
But some of my favorite moments spending with you guys is when you were able to be on the dance floor with us because it was just a blast. It was fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we we didn't get to dance a lot. No. You know, uh, the bunch of us together, but whenever we would dance, it would be, <laughs> it'd be quite a, a party. Yeah. We didn't care what anybody thought because we were having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's the truth. So good. So good. When was your first performance? How old were you? Uh, that's a good question, too. Um, I believe I was like 14 or 15 mm-hmm. years old. And um, I have such a, it, it's a blur to me on that because I remember playing bass guitar at, at church Mm-hmm. And I didn't like playing the choir. Um, I, it was actually for like a Christmas talent show, and oh, I brought okay. the bass guitar, and I did like. Um, did you play Black it? Sabbath in the church? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. It, it, I think it was like, was was that Carol of the Bells or something like that? Oh I yeah, I yeah I know. I what think you're that's the song title. Mm-hmm. But I made it in such a, a rocking way. And I was playing bass guitar. And shortly after that, my dad told me I need to pick up the guitar because I was playing bass like a, a six-string electric. Oh. Um, so then I think around that time when I started to pick up the guitar, um, started to focus more on the guitar, I should say, I started to perform at bars around the area. Mm-hmm. And... Um, then eventually I took it to school too. And I did another talent show there, but I think that was one of the first performances though, was it was either at the church talent show or at a country bar. (laughs) (laughs) So I, yeah, I, it's a little blurry, but one of those, right. Or maybe both of them. You know, it's, it's where everybody got to start. It's either a church or a bar. Everybody's gotten a start in one of those two places. It's so, it sounds so Wisconsinite, too. I know. Yeah. I should really tame down the Wisconsin accent now that I'm down yeah. here in Florida. But I don't really know what the Florida accent is. <laughs> no, you you be you. <laughs> I don't know how to be but anything I just else. Think I think it's funny just because like Hill Point is so small town Wisconsin because there was like, I think, two churches and three bars within that unincorporated (laughs) town it's so small that if you drove past it and you blinked once you would be out of town already right yeah people don't realize (laughs) yeah how small some of the towns are right yep yep and you're you're famous there right or hated (laughs) (laughs) shame shame on those (laughs) yes shame shame so going back, Lori, don't change your accent. <laughs> <laughs> then I won't have anything to, to pick on you. About. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, we've talked about, you know, instruments, music, things like that. But family is a huge part of who you are as well. You've had a lot of family that have supported you. And you actually had your dad was managing you for a while. And tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's it's always been a family business. Mm-hmm. And when I decided to take my music at a, at a much more professional pace, I knew that I needed to 
to to make it seem like I was bigger than who I was. Mm -hmm. So people could take me a little bit more serious because I didn't want them to see me as a punk mm -hmm. or some, <laughs> you Kid. know, some, some, yeah. some hooligan. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, and I've been doing this for quite a while. So I wanted to make myself more professional so I could have the opportunities of performing as mm -hmm. much as I could. So performing at assisted livings, performing at corporate functions to weddings, you name it. Like festivals. Professionalism is what mm -hmm. gave me the, the, the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I needed help because I was wearing so many hats mm -hmm. and I was starting to drift away from the actual music and I wanted to just focus on the music. Mm -hmm. So that's when I, and you know, I invited my, my father, Rory McCluskey to, to, to be the, the manager, the booking manager for, for Jayco music LLC. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he would book a lot of these gigs all over the region. Mm -hmm. And I would say that maybe it was average of over 100 shows a year. I think it was. We talked yeah. about that. And he said yep. those two years. Yeah, Gigi's saying 2018 and okay. 2019. I think it was right before, of course, pandemic and COVID. But you guys yeah. were on the road a lot. And, and thankfully, I was able to attend. And Gigi also, we were able to attend a lot of those shows. And one yeah. thing that I loved about your dad is none of you were ever going to be able to get too big of a head because he would always say, Alex would be like, how, how did we play? How did, how did we sound tonight? And he's like, eh, it could have been better. <laughs> yeah. And, and always... it came from a loving place. Too, Absolutely. You know, it, did. It, it wasn't, it wasn't like Michael Jackson's father, you no. know, where he was, he would break him down. Um, yep. I, I feel like that's where I get a lot of my, it's probably not wise to say, but a lot of my humble sure. qualities is from my, my, my mom and dad, mm -hmm. but my dad would always push to get the best musician mm -hmm. out of everybody. Absolutely. And he was, yep, he was that. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's been a big part, and um, I always enjoyed his company. He was, and he was also a very good protector of Gigi and I, if if needed. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, yeah. We always were happy to have him as part of this whole thing. So, yeah, I can't, you know, especially with with these new opportunities that have been presented to me, I, I feel like you always have to wake up every day and you know, kind of tell yourself what you're grateful for, mm -hmm. and then that lends itself to to reminiscing mm -hmm. about what you've experienced. And I've those years that we're talking about, like 2018, 2019, those were years where we were really like for lack of a better term like, like in the trenches oh absolutely where we were just doing everything you know mm -hmm. we we really did work hard there was i i you know to all like new viewers and to viewers who are familiar with this like i don't want there to be thinking like it was something was handed mm -mm. you know an opportunity mm -mm. was handed to us just because you know i look good or something um it was we were working. Yeah. We were working long days mm -hmm. and all night, you mm -hmm. know. Weekends away. Weeks. Yeah. A lot of yes. hours. Those were miles. <laughs> yes. Those those years though too 
were so tiring that I feel like when the pandemic hit, it was almost refreshing in a way because I got to rest up because right. it was just like, wow, it was, they, they are tours, what we did. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I don't know. I've had some people like, no, you really need to go on a real tour. And I was like, I don't think you understand. <laughs> <laughs> These were real tours. Like we're, when you get in a vehicle and you travel like five hours away, that right there, my friend, is a tour. Exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, drive into the next place. So I'm not I'm not trying to be bitter or anything. I'm just saying, like, it was it was major touring mm-hmm. and it, it's taxing to the body and to the mind. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was but it, it was, made us so strong. It did. It, it really did. It made the band and I strong mm-hmm. and made it made everybody connect mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a much needed place. Right. I remember, too, some of the things that we did, you know, to save money is is Gigi and I would make a lot of food to feed everybody because going out to eat would just take away from whatever earnings you were making. That's part of the family business, too, is that that support that came behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, Sheila Trago, Mm -hmm. um, Teresa Zolzinski. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You and Gigi. Like the ladies they just they made the ends the end of gigs much more enjoyable like you had something to look forward to and a lot of the times it was the food you know those are golden moments like giving it your all for like three to four hours or five hours and then you know having food ready sheila made some really cool things too when you were recording so yeah which was yep which was much needed, again, because you're paying for recording time and you don't want to fork out more money for food to sustain you through those hours of recording. So Yeah, but, a lot of selfless people. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, when you don't have a lot of money and you're making every penny count, mm-hmm. that is so, so helpful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Al and me, we talk about that all the time is like, we could have, could have gone to like just you know some some gas station and got junk food after a gig right. or before hitting the studio and we could have just been filling our body with just like the stuff that is empty and not good for you <laughs> not sustaining you but correct like yes like the food that you guys made like sustained us mm-hmm. in such like a a quality full way mm-hmm. food is is so important on top of the music <laughs> well like, Gigi and i think really so, is <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love food i was like the only contestant in la who was talking about food like all the time if it wasn't if it i'm gonna be a hypocrite because i was talking about donuts a lot of the time but i would be talking about like like vegan tacos and mm-hmm. japanese food mm-hmm. and oh my Food is where it's at, though, too. I guess those are things that sustain <laughs> us, music and food and love. Love is important, too. <laughs> <laughs> so so your favorite foods, how about favorite color? Favorite I, I, color is, is baby blue. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if and if people don't know, they will know. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the brand of, right. of um, that is the color of my brand is baby blue yep. or um was yeah, it- that actually—that's my mother's favorite color. Really? So, yeah, oh. it's my mom's favorite colors, and I was like, 
no, that's my favorite color. So we kind of, <laughs> she's like, no, that's my favorite color. Well, it's no, one of my favorite colors, which shows again, this connection. And it, it it's always been a favorite color. And for me, it's because it reminds me of the Caribbean, which is one of my favorite places in the world. Yeah. The, oh, the water, just amazing. So, yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool that it's, now that I know that it's your mom's too. So, um, well, that's it, it, that's a reason why I, it's probably our favorite color, her mm-hmm. favorite colors too, because you know the Philippines is very much tropical, right. like the Caribbean, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's it's just it's water, but it's it's tranquil mm-hmm. as far as a color. Mm-hmm. But like I've given it meaning to me. I know it's just a, it's a simple question, but you know I've from from the science fiction aspect of like. Because I saw Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber, and I'd always see that, and I'd like, I love the old Obi-Wan Kenobi's color mm-hmm. lightsaber. It's like, I believe it's it's like a galactic blue, to be specific. But right. um, also, in a very spiritual manner, I felt blue was really who I was as a musician and as a person, because it resembles, like, the throat chakra. Mm-hmm. Um, because music is very much communication sure and i'm also a communication major so wow with my degree so it's it's just it it really does tie into a deeper meaning for me it's that's cool yeah <laughs> that's cool to yeah know. see we're yeah. we're learning so much about you jaco I'm a, I'm a I'm a dork as no, well no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we yeah. keep that in the inner circle jaco yeah, <laughs> you are now you are now part of the Illuminati. Oh no! <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh gosh. So yeah. um, we're on the the theme of favorite things. What was your favorite gig? Yeah, I, I feel like the ones that really come to mind, and I feel like that probably has to be my favorite gig if it's the first ones to come to mind. Is the ones where there's like patience. Mm. Mm-hmm. like you know people in a hospital that you can um, see the light turn on like something really got that's them. it mm-hmm. that's it yep that's the feeling mm-hmm. that we're talking mm-hmm. that you know, that we started this this interview with it's mm-hmm. it's making people feel something and rochester minnesota first and third when the band we played um that huge block party right by Mayo Clinic mm-hmm. to see the patients like mm-hmm. come out and just like just feel the music. You could see them. It was just it was such a soul rewarding time mm-hmm. to see that. And I love that was one of my most favorite gigs. And awesome. then the other one would have to be when um your daughter Alicia mm-hmm. invited me to play at, at um our house. Mm-hmm. The assisted living in Reesburg, Wisconsin. Yeah, when I played there, I played an instrumental blues song that I wrote called, at the time, it was called Awakening Blues. Mm -hmm. And it it did that, you know, it awakened somebody, you know, know, somebody with with dementia. Mm -hmm. And to see somebody sing, to see somebody, like, become a person again. Right. It's, um, I'm telling you, that's the thing with the with power. vibration. The power it's, of it's music. The, mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know if it just shakes who you are as a person. It mm-hmm. shakes it shakes you at a at a an atomic level. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and it shakes your soul in such a way. And it's that's those are the two gigs that are probably like tied for that's first cool. most that's cool. memorable. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Certainly. Have you had any really bad, embarrassing moments while on stage that maybe we didn't even catch? Those of us that might have been there. Mm, I don't know. I, I don't see. I I hold myself to a, right? a really high standard. Uh, it's probably um probably not unquantifiable. Sure. Like above, like uh, listeners and viewers, like they probably have their standards, but I know that my standards are set so much higher than theirs. Mm-hmm. I know that for a mm-hmm, fact, and I'm mm-hmm. not certain about a lot of things. And I would say that most of the time it's just, I listen to my banter. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and especially I was just, before we, we, we started our interview, I think I was watching something, uh, a performance from 2017 at the ballroom in mm-hmm. Portage, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And I was just listening to the banter and I was probably really sick around that time. Man, I when I hear myself like apologizing to people. Oh yes. Like that's like one of the number one rules as an entertainer. Don't apologize. I always you know, said especially that. in rock and roll. Don't apologize. No. And that's probably just like some of the most embarrassing things, mm-hmm. to be honest. It's mm-hmm. nothing Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because some of those moves you do, I mean Thank God the plant the pants never split open or anything crazy like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if we're if we're really talking about like funny, embarrassing moments, I would say when I did a product toss at RC Thunderfest, I forget what year it was, but Al was on the stage at I, that time. I remember. Was this th- went before you went to Summerfest? Was that? It the- could have. I think it was. It could have I think because you so played those two gigs in the same day, and I remember you telling us about it. Okay, so what? Yeah, what's the I, story? I had a pro. Yep, it was a product toss, and I had a T-shirt wrapped up and ready to throw. And I kid you not, I threw that T-shirt like Brett Favre, <laughs> and I threw it like one. I threw it like fifty yards or <laughs> fifty to one hundred yards. I'm not even kidding. Uh, like I, I wound myself up and I slung it. I slung it across this huge open field and I hit the guy who was sitting in a lawn chair. I hit him square in the face. Oh no. His 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 hat and his sunglasses <laughs> flew off. They just like disintegrated and I saw him just fly back and I was like, "Oh my god. I I am proud of myself that I <laughs> that I got somebody with that, but felt oh, so bad at the same time." So you have names for your guitars. Are yeah. all of them named? Yeah. How many? <laughs> How I have many? Eleven guitars. Eleven. So, have 11. D- can you rattle them off right now? I can. Um, let's see if I can do it really quick. Ivory, Ebony, Gigi, Daphne, um, Space Cadillac. Big Stir, Sonora, Sonoran, um, Abuna, Maria, Potley, and I think that's actually about it. Okay. That's well, only 10, but... 
Yeah. G- Gigi must be your favorite guitar because obviously Gigi is important to you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. And, Gigi, and, my fiance, but Gigi, the guitar that is named after. Yep. Yes. It's, it actually, it probably is like, I know I started off with ivory, which is my first guitar, mm-hmm. which it's an ivory looking color guitar, mm-hmm. but Gigi, that's the one I used on the, the, the American song contest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like my most versatile best playing guitar that I got. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. before we get too much into um, the American Song Contest, which we're going to end on, I want to know what's your dream gig? Well, uh... A regular gig. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like a residency in Las Vegas. So, oh, wow. No, um, That's... Let's do it. Let's make that happen. (laughs) It's funny. Yeah, because there's some aspect of that that is true. Uh, It's just right now, uh, the time that we're talking, just last night. So it's April 4th. So last night, April 3rd, Silk Sonic, which is Bruno Mars Mm -hmm. and Anderson Pack, they won a Grammy. Mm -hmm. And they're like my, my most favorite musicians to like share a stage with them that would be really oh. cool it'd be like a dream dream thing my, um, i have goosebumps right now because i love bruno mars so if you were sharing yeah. a gig with bruno mars i hope i'm there <laughs> yeah <laughs> bruno mars he's the man man were he they really smooth is. or what last night he what? is. He, that's they're why so they're smooth. silk sonic. Oh. They're smooth as silk. I know. Yeah. Amazing. I loved it when they got up yeah. from the table and then and then he's like I don't want we're trying to be humble, you all, but but you know, this is what we call a clean sweep. And I'm like, no, come on. <laughs> that would be that would be a dream, right? Have a clean sweep that? at the Grammys. <laughs> oh I didn't I didn't catch that, but he did oh, yeah. say that though. Yeah, he did. It was great. <laughs> it was good it was good I loved it it was a great moment because you know there is something to be humble there that's not a bad thing to be but also to have that pride in what you're doing that's not wrong that's not a bad thing I mean yes you can get over bloated and over inflated inflated and that then is not so great but but to be proud of what you're doing and express that pride that's not a bad thing yeah so yeah true true that true Mm -hmm. that seriously right so so we're here we're here now we're talking about la we're talking about american song contest so you knew for a little while hopefully i'm not going to get you in trouble for this um you you even kept it a secret from us. And I mean, we've talked about throughout this interview how close we all are and that connection that we have. We knew something was up. We knew it, but we just, you know, we we didn't know what. And tell me, I mean, what was that like to know that this was going to happen? Tell me what your feelings were. <laughs> It was so weird because I don't like keeping secrets from people. I know you don't. I know you don't. I hate, you know, that was one of the, and I think my family and friends, they didn't like it because I think they knew. I think people were just getting like, they're like, why aren't you telling me? 
<laughs> like, you need to tell me. And I was like, I can't tell you. You're like, we hate you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was, uh, I think on, on a serious, you know, part of this, it's, when I was taking a lot of these gigs, like during the the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, I didn't do a lot of gigs, but I did a lot of like outdoor performances, mm-hmm. and I was taking just like the gigs that that paid. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much like that soul fulfillment, like I was talking at the the Mayo Clinic one. Right. These were kind of just like I'm going to perform for five hours for the money, so I can pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those gigs, they really they pull your soul out, kind mm-hmm. of. And I think a lot of the times people are under the impression that, like, yeah, you're just doing it, you know. Like, I took a birthday party gig, Mm -hmm. you know, I I was almost like a clown in a way. But um, I think people kind of see that, like, why? Like, you must be a, a, you know, a crappy musician to be taking these gigs and, you know, to be playing on the streets and, Mm. and... A lot of people jump to the conclusion that you need to step up your game. And it's the part that I was holding in myself was like, I'm hearing a lot of these backhanded compliments, mm-hmm. but it's like, you don't know what's going to happen in right. the future. Like, like you knew what was out there. Yeah. It's like, um, people were saying that and I was like, if only you knew what I knew mm-hmm. is that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could see what I could see. Mm-hmm. I think you would you wouldn't say the things that you do, right? Because it was like, I see my dream and it's right. about to, to happen. Um, and with American Song Contest, it was it's like it was going to open up the door to millions of people. Mm-hmm. And people were always like, "You need to do this and you need to do that." Mm-hmm. The, you know, the unsolicited advice. And it's like. I don't tell you my plan. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that was the part that was, that was really, um, kind of hard. Disheartening almost. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were people saw me like this, but like I saw myself as that, sure. you know, above that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I guess it kind of goes back to that Bruno Mars thing, what you're talking about too. Mm-hmm. There, you do have to have a sense of pride about yourself. Mm-hmm. And not be so self-deprecating mm-hmm. to where, you know, people see that, you know, right. and, but anyways, that's, that's, that's how I felt though. Yeah. yeah. And then when you, when you got the information that you were going to be on this show, were you jumping off the walls? What, what was happening? Was Gigi there? Yeah. Gigi was there. Uh, I'm very... You know, and people yeah. know that I'm I'm kind of reserved as a person, mm-hmm. so I don't show emotion quite a lot because I don't want to be like you don't want to jinx it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, it, we we received the call. I I I've been telling people it was Yellowstone National Park, but I think we were actually in Idaho. Um, we we're about to leave Idaho for, I think Washington State. But anyways, it, it was the time when Gigi and I, we took a, a road trip across the country mm-hmm. and we kind of figured like, I think deep down, I knew that I was going to make it into the competition. Mm-hmm. I just had a feeling and I was like, it's going to be hectic during mm-hmm. that time of the competition and afterwards. Mm-hmm. So Gigi and I, we 
packed our stuff up and we did a little vacation mm -hmm. and we knew we were going to get bombarded with calls from NBC and we did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, we got bombarded with calls and interviews um, that we had to do during our, the vacation. Right. But yep, somebody told us like, hey, Jaco, I just wanted to let you know that you made it to you're representing the state of Wisconsin on American Song Contest. Congratulations. Uh -huh. And it that's how short it was. And it was like, I was like, you almost don't wow. believe it at first, right? <laughs> it's like, because, yeah, you, you, I, I heard about the opportunity and I pursued it. And it was kind of just like sending them information for, you know, for you quite some time, mm -hmm. for what seemed like a year. Mm -hmm. And then you're kind of just like thinking to yourself that you made it, mm -hmm. but you don't know. Right. And then, so, um, when I got the call, it was, it was like, wow. Okay, it's good to know that I finally was accepted. <laughs> right, right. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. I, what a awesome experience it has been um, for my little small portion of it. So for the listeners, um, we were invited to come out and watch the performance. And it was, it was such a awesome cool experience and we are honored and thank you that you let us come and be part of that your performance was just it was so electric it was just amazing and we've watched it many times since then because when you're in the middle of it you were doing things that I didn't even realize that you had done until I watched the the recorded version and it's like I can't even imagine what that had to be like to be on stage to perform your song and have this production and it, it, it probably went by in a blur. It did. Yeah. It I mean, did. Yeah. It, the word electric, what you said was it, it hits it on the head mm -hmm. because that, that room was just so much, it was full of, mm -hmm electricity mm -hmm. and i thought it was just it was strange that mm -hmm. whole day was strange it was like it was built up in excitement mm -hmm. and to not have seen you guys there for like a week mm -hmm. and then just to see you guys appear mm -hmm. like it was a dream yeah it was just like it's like it's showtime and it's like wow my family's here now all of a sudden mm-hmm and it's just like, I can't believe this. And then you get the feeling of excitement on top of that. There's so much emotions that you feel mm -hmm. during something like that. So people see the performance, but they don't realize everything that you feel and everything right. that's actually going on, right. even into the production of it. And it's like people ask if I was, if I was like scared or nervous. And I was I, like, I, this, <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, it's like, you're just excited. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was just dying from, from waiting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm really patient. And I think you just had to focus on what you, you can mm -hmm. control. Mm -hmm. And what I could control at that moment was give the best performance that right. I could. And I think like before I got on stage, I was just, most people would do like vocal warm ups. All I was doing was stomping. Like it mm -hmm. was just like ener like energy stomps. Mm -hmm. Like I would just 
stomp my foot and just like feel the vibration of mm-hmm. that area because to feel my body like at, when I was performing it was just like electrical numbness yeah that's how I describe it and like after the show was done like the lower half of my body was just oddly numb hmm. it was and and that day too I just I felt all the emotions that you could feel as a human mm-hmm. all in that one moment mm-hmm. it was like I had it days before the performance but I felt it that very day mm-hmm. like it felt I felt sadness, remorse. I felt excitement, joy. I felt optimism. And mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, it's like I felt so much Everything. within that time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like as an empath, I felt everybody mm-hmm. in the room too. I could mm-hmm. feel their electricity. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was just electrifying. It was. How you said it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It you, was. You made. Wisconsin proud, but more importantly, all of us. I mean, you couldn't have done anything to not have us be proud of you, but you did so much to have us proud of you. And I just, it was just an amazing moment. Moving. <laughs> to see Don't make something. Me cry, I know I'm not, Don't but it, to cry. see somebody, <laughs> to see somebody work so hard, you know. To get to that point, it just, it, it was incredible. It really was an incredible moment. And, um, you know, you don't have kids yet. Um, and I consider you, you know, like one of my kids, my daughter jokes all the time that you're her brother from another mother. <laughs> but <laughs> to, to have one of your, you know, family members and friends and you know somebody that you consider that close to you have this moment that is so amazing it was it was a it was such a unique experience for us getting to watch I just I can't even imagine what it had to be like on that stage I can't even imagine you know how incredible that had to be so yeah it it makes me happy to hear that because if there's anything that I can walk away with is that experience Mm -hmm. And that experience was full of just great people mm-hmm. and and to to represent Wisconsin mm-hmm. in a, a tasteful way mm-hmm. make me be, that's what I wanted to do right like the music was a big part of it too establishing nouveau retro and mm-hmm. showing people who Jaco was apologies for the third person talking oh, it's but okay. um, yeah I I wanted to be an ambassador mm-hmm. for Wisconsin mm-hmm. and and when I say in the home package visit that I want to represent some good people, mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's, and it really fills my heart to know that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I could die and I, I feel all right, mm-hmm. you know, knowing what I did. Right. And, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and not I, only the state, but within this is a little known information that we have. Tell me about the dancers. Tell me the story. Because you're forward thinking. We're going to use that that word forward. At, the state it's motto. Also, yes, yep. it's the state motto. So tell me about that. Ladies, listen, because you're going to love Jayco even more when you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I tend to, to keep it a secret because I don't want to be putting... You know, I don't want to be grandstanding. I don't want to be on a, sh- a soapbox. 
and prophesizing <laughs> what who I am as a person, but I, I I really do believe that you know female is future. Mm-hmm. And um I I've always felt comfortable with uh with with females oddly like instead of like males and there's so much that 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 females do and, and women do for for, for the world mm-hmm. it's it, it's women are the selfless almost sometimes seeming invisible leaders of the world mm-hmm. and um so i i took to, i wanted that to 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 be to come through with this performance of establishing nouveau retro which is a retro futurism feel and I talked to the stage producers and, and we actually had a conversation. I didn't like just talk to them. Um, we were collaborating and it's like, let's, let's, let's have some dancers. I, I could, I could hear, I could see dancers in the, in the background to feel your love. I could see like this, this, the, the dancing and the, the producer the the stage producer is saying like so kind of like go-go dancers and i was like yeah kind of but not exactly like go-go dancers and a lot of times go-go dancers would be they would be on tables mm-hmm. and they would be sometimes in cages and i needed to i needed to elaborate on how i wanted to present the dancers because i didn't want them to be in those those confining areas mm-hmm. and so nobody jumped con- to conclusions in the production end of things I, I was like i just need to say this that i believe that women are the future and i don't want them to be what is that scantily clad mm-hmm. uh, I, I didn't i didn't want it to be like objectifying them as, mm-hmm. as this this sexual object um and it's like let's let's make him look, let's make him look powerful, let's make him not, let's not cage them, mm-hmm. let's 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 make him shine just as much as you know I I'm shining on stage, mm-hmm. and um, yeah I, I I think the suits that the outfits they're wearing the the black and white mm-hmm. monochrome suits with with this exaggerated shoulder mm-hmm. um, with this kind of like this V torso and just like cool black gloves and tall boots was just so cool. I didn't have any part in that design, but like just how it came to fruition with that was so it was cool mm-hmm. to have the dancers um, elevated on these these platform boxes so they were higher than me mm-hmm. to make them stand out because they were deeper into the stage they were behind me but i wanted them to be just like upstage front with me mm-hmm. as well and having them have like being engulfed in like this this smoke this mm-hmm. holographic smoke and have lights projected on them was just so cool and that's ultimately what i i, I kind of wanted to do mm-hmm. too and I can see so some futuristic yeah. forwardness. Yeah. Not just like be cliche right. about future. 
I loved it. I I loved it, and I I love the meaning behind all of it. And it's it's important that people know that. And so you're not upstaging. You're not being a philosopher or you know preaching. Yeah. You're just yeah. It this this whole interview is to get to know you, the person. You know, and uh, I I think that was important for people to know. But um, it's just like. I, I don't want to be telling other people's story. Mm-hmm. It's like almost every woman that I know in my life is so incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough times to where I can actually tell, you know, them how strong they are because mm-hmm. it's just like it needs to be genuine. But like every woman has gone through something traumatic in their life, but like their trauma can either defeat them or just mm-hmm. make them even mm-hmm. freaking stronger. Mm-hmm. And with the song that you chose to use on the American Song Contest, it could have been viewed in a different way because of the the lyrics. But you made sure that it didn't go that direction. And yeah. and that's that's good. That's good stuff. So, yeah, it's it's all about tasteful mm-hmm. and uh, and and see because with with nouveau retro, it's it's good because it's such a broad thing mm-hmm. to where it like young listeners and older listeners and everybody in between. They just it it, it tends to people like it mm-hmm. because it's not it's not trying to be one thing. And it's not trying really hard to be mm. this new thing, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's the the song is it's very it's human. Mm-hmm. It's a human um, thing because it's talking about the five basic mm-hmm. senses, but it's just cloaked in simplicity mm-hmm. to where you you wouldn't really you wouldn't get that, you right. know. So there's actually a lot of um, complexity to a, a simple song. Like feel your love, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you know that it's always been one of my favorites of yours, and yeah. <laughs> I know that Gigi had said it's not the same song that that it was when he was performing when we were doing the gigs and things like that. I still love it as much, and it still, you know, is it's it's great. It's really powerful, and it's it's good. So. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. It's it's crazy because it's gone through five different versions. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the version that you're talking about, like, it had another verse. Like, so there's right. three verses in the the original "Feel Your Love," mm-hmm. but I took it down to only two verses, mm-hmm. and I had to be very precise about which lyrics I wanted right. and. Sticking to the five human senses really paved its um, its way f- for being a two minute and fifty second song, mm-hmm. as opposed to it originally being a six minute and thirty six second song. So there was a lot of a lot of um, tailoring, right? I guess you could say, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. I love the version that it is today. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's cool. I feel like it's much more energetic, but it is. Yeah, they're yeah. both top. They're both top notch for me. So, I wish people could still still hear that, but 
Yeah, I took it down and um, so yeah, I, I, yeah. Through this whole interview, you keep getting my segues before I do. <laughs> that was yeah. my next thing. Is you know, how can we find you? What? How do we find Jayco Music? You find it. You type in Jayco mm-hmm. on Spotify. So J A K E apostrophe O. And um, my social media tags, my handle, as the kids say it, is uh, at Jayco Music, no apostrophe, all one word. And you can't remember all that. Go to my website, which is www.jacomusic.com, jacomusic.com. Mm-hmm. And it'll take you to all the social media. It'll take you to all the streaming platforms that you probably want to listen to mm-hmm. and and yes, definitely go to Jayco's sites that he mentioned and keep listening. Yep. It's important for them to keep listening. Yes. Um, there's still yeah. this opportunity for you to move on. And, and if it's not with American Song Contest, you'll definitely be moving on in some some manner. We're not done. No way. You know, no we're, way. We're not done. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So www.jacomusic.com. Mm-hmm. Takes it to all the social media, all the platforms. You got merch, and I will include show days, um, show times on on my website, but not at the moment. And once again, like Lori said, if you could stream "Feel Your Love" on Spotify or on YouTube, and just loop it all night long, <laughs> baby, all night long. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so yeah. Before we we close off our conversation, are you going to play us a little something? I could. I could. Yeah. I'll try not to sing in the background because people don't want to hear me. They want to hear you. (laughs) Yeah, let me... uh, Can you you hear that foot stomp? Uh, We can a little bit. Just a little bit? Okay. (laughs) Which guitar is this, by the way? This this one is uh this is Maria. Maria, okay. Yeah, uh and shout out to Bud ID. He actually he painted it when I broke my collarbone. Nice. Uh, he yep, did the pinstripe work. work on it. And uh Mexicali Rose on the back. <laughs> you know, people before you go into the song, they I'm sure everybody has their circle and their their group of supporters, but you know, having been a part of it and knowing who you're speaking of, it's such a it's such a awesome group of people that you've been connected with. And, you know, thanks to all of them for being supportive from the very beginning. So, yeah. So with that, let's go into a song. Dandelion wine. <laughs> Dandelion wine. Yeah. Among but other I kinds need. of wine that we will not yeah. mention. <laughs> yeah. A lot of good people. Uh, I'm going to do this one uh, just because I I feel like um, it's cool. We were talking about electricity. So this one is called Electric Soul. It's a new song that I wrote, and I'm going to record it here pretty soon. But You played this the other day on uh, WRCO. He's been doing a lot of interviews. So we're going to – let's do this one. All right. I don't mind, dear, 
you don't mind Spend our days here We're getting high We gon' dance up all night We gon' groove on the moonlight We gon' sweat to the rock and roll We gon' move our electrics We'll not shake the thing Shake that thing We'll not shake the thing We'll shake that thing I don't care, dear, if you don't care, spend our days here, let down your hair, we're gonna dance up all night, we're gonna sweat on the moonlight, we're gonna groove to the rock and roll, we're gonna move our electrics, we're not shaking, we'll shake that thing, we're not be coming out soon electric soul yeah lori porter everybody <laughs> jaco what do you want to say to that 11 year old that's picking up a guitar right now that has a big dream do it because do it because you want to do it mm-hmm. do it because you love it and do it because of those reasons, you know, don't let anybody tell you what you cannot dream. Mm-hmm. You know, you keep, don't let you tell, let anybody tell you differently. You know, if, if that's something you believe in and it's doing good for people and you love it, keep doing it and keep pursuing it. And if you feel like it's the right thing to do, tell yourself that. And <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. It's That's good. A good one. <laughs> cool. You're cool, man. You're I cool. appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you. You know that. And um, I'm guys, so yeah. honored that you let us do this video, that, that it's my inaugural video with you. And Alex will do some editing and we'll see what we get. 
I'm sure it'll be great because it's you. <laughs> this is cool. I've actually, you know, um, I want to also mention too, because I'm sure you guys, as a Porter Notes podcast fan, um, I know that you do an intro and I know that it goes to the torch song and I know that it, it's, it's the, the middle is the interview bit. And then the last it's, um, is, you know, kind of the wind up, you know, right. the wind up with you and Al. Yep. He knows oh, I can't it. forget, it's a sandwich. <laughs> I can't forget baby quip too, as well. That's, oh, yes. that's in the beginning the of the sponsorship of baby quip. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, I was always like, you know, I love all these podcasts. Mm hmm. Um, on on Spotify, but I really do love your guys's your sweet podcast. Seriously, I, it's 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 just it's I love the editing. Mm -hmm. It's it's just the perfect amount of person like personable mm -hmm. conversations, and the speed of it. Mm -hmm. It's it's good. It's always I I love it, and yeah, the attention to detail and the topics. So if I I urge <laughs> any listeners, you know, to to follow Porter Notes podcast and the the Porter Notes. Thank you. And um, and give them a five star review because that certainly <laughs> helps with that algorithm. Definitely. Um, because Thank yeah, you. I I love what you guys do, and I'm Thank glad you, to Jake. be a part of it today. Keep doing your thing. So that was something. That was. It was a lot of fun. My debut interview. <laughs> hey, that rhymes. <laughs> Did you have a good time with it? I had a great time. I thought I would be nervous. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's no reason to be because I know Jayco on a personal level. Mm -hmm. And we just had a conversation like we would any other time. I just was asking questions that maybe a lot of people wouldn't ask because they were just getting to know him. And that was the point of the video is I wanted people to get to know Jaco as a person. We all know he's a talented musician, but I wanted them to have an opportunity to know him as a person. Sure, absolutely. I think you handled it really well for your debut interview. It was important to make sure that you were comfortable. And so it being somebody that you, you knew, that you know, mm -hmm. I think that probably helped out a lot. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I, I'm... You're you're creating a monster. <laughs> <laughs> you can conduct the one with Rollick and Rome then. I intend to. You're, oh. You're giving away oh. a future podcast. I am. I am. Uh, listeners should make sure that you check in. If you haven't listened to our back episodes, there's some great interviews up to this point. Yes. I know that there might be some new listeners specifically for this one because of Jayco. Correct. Which you're welcome. And you're welcome to enjoy some of the other things that we've done and you know remember to subscribe because then you can catch the up and coming things that we will be doing yeah we enjoy interviewing friends family musicians that we've known and and gotten to know over the years and artists poets all different genres we've even done a series on religion mm -hmm. and we spoke with some people during the height of the pandemic the beginning and, you know, we, we like to glean whatever information we can from experts in, in their own way. The idea and concept, of course, of this podcast is sometimes everyday people do extraordinary things. 
they do. Uh, speaking of great, we uh, we did a thing in between the last podcast and now, and that was us going to Los Angeles, actually Hollywood. And we Hollywood, went, baby. And we went to support <laughs> Jayco while he performed on the American Song Contest. We had a great time. The behind-the-scenes stuff for TV production was very interesting. Yes. And we'll when, never, I'm sorry, we'll never watch TV the same again. No, no, we can't because we know what happens for live broadcast during those commercial breaks. We do. It's a lot of hype, let's just say. There's a lot of hype for the audience, but there's a lot of work going on on the stage. It was really interesting to see everything kind of meshing as, as quickly and as sufficiently. Mm-hmm. It was pretty, pretty cool to experience that whole thing. Not just that, the behind the scenes, but having somebody that you love and care about and, you know, that you really want to see them, you know, go as far as they can. It, it was a very exciting day so exciting that by the end of the day because you're so hyped up all day you're getting ready Mm -hmm. you get to see this person that you've missed and not seen for a while Mm -hmm. and under these just amazing circumstances and then he gets up there to perform it's almost like I missed it you know I had to come back home and watch it just to catch some of the things that I missed while he was on stage live and um then the end of the day I was exhausted it was exhausting it was exhausting it was it was very exciting like you mentioned we had to be very enthusiastic Mm -hmm. that was sincerity actually it was easy yeah it was easy to be enthusiastic because everybody was there for the purpose of having fun and everybody was there for the purpose of supporting all of the different acts and we did actually get to see it's it's no surprise now in terms of who has won the ASC and we did get to see the winning performer Mm mm-hmm and that was pretty cool. In fact, we saw quite a number of people who performed that evening who moved on. Mm-hmm. That in itself was, was interesting. There were a lot of people who, who did move on. And so that was, that was kind of cool in its own way to, to know that we were there for the debut performance of the show itself. Mm-hmm. But then we were also there to see some of the other performers you know that night move on and into the semifinals and 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 again on to the finals and and the winner performed that night too yeah and sadly we didn't obviously see Jayco move on or win the contest as I totally expected <laughs> as did I and it's okay we're we still will support him obviously and support other musicians that are trying to get their big break and move forward and and progress and he has some plans and we're in full support of those oh absolutely he's got great things ahead so definitely he does so you know if you're listening and and you haven't looked him up yet please do jacomusic.com mm-hmm. that's his site he's all over social media too mm-hmm. he's on tiktok and instagram of course facebook most people are uh jaco music definitely you know the hashtag jaco music will usually bring something of his up and you can get mm-hmm. to his his sites that way and he is a great performer and a real gem in terms of songwriting and in terms of artistry if you're here because of jaco and you want to learn a little bit more that's another place to go for sure and and along with being a great performer and musician and artist he's just a great guy and oh yeah and your interview really showed that i hope so that was part of the point of that was for people to get to know him and know that the same jaco that we know right yeah it was great 
Um, so again, speaking of California, we, as many people know, we we love to travel. We love to eat. Those are some of our favorite <laughs> things. Uh, if you go to porternotes.com, you see some of our little projects that we have in terms of being foodies and in terms of being travelers. So I just wanted to take a moment to talk about Hollywood. It was our first trip, mm-hmm. and we did have the better part of a day available to us while we were there. It was a very short trip. It was a short trip, yes. We were really only there about three days. But but one of them, we were able to take a guided tour. Mm-hmm. And it was a very private tour. There was another couple and the two of us. And our guide was very, very interesting. He was an mm-hmm. interesting guy. He did great things in terms of showing us all of the things that we would definitely want to see. We went to the Roosevelt Hotel. We went to the Walk of Fame. We saw the Beverly Hills sign, which is really cool. We the saw, Hollywood sign? Yes, of course, the Hollywood sign and got our photos the in front of that. The red carpet, because the Oscars were happening the week after we were there. Yes, and that was really cool. That was very cool. I could feel the energy. And yes. Like, you can feel the past energy of, of stars that have walked that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that. Yeah, we, we, we were in and out of the canyons, Laurel Canyon, and we were up in the Hollywood Hills and driving down Love Street and past a, a number of, of places, uh, Mulholland Drive and, and... Rodeo Drive. Yes, and Sunset Boulevard. And stars, oh my gosh, we saw so many cameras and hedges. we saw hedges and fences and gates and trash cans that belong to the stars. It was amazing. Amazing. <laughs> we was... did we did see the front of one house though. We actually we saw the front of a few. We saw Keanu Reeves. Yeah, that was that was kind of very cool. understated, but very cool. Well, the front of it. I, I saw an aerial photo of it afterwards. Yeah, it's it's yeah. much more. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, we saw Michael Jackson's. We did. We did. You and... could you could honestly see a fair amount of 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 Michael's home not neverland ranch of course no and elvis was right across the street which i never knew that being yeah. an elvis fan shame yeah. on me for not knowing but uh couldn't we really saw see that house a little bit through a gate but otherwise they were very tall hedges right and we we saw so many of the landmarks that you really, see on tv yeah and that's one of the best things about travel as far as i'm concerned yes you see all kinds of ups and downs throughout a community as you should but to see the things that you've recognized the landmarks and 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 areas that you've seen your entire life either in movies or on television that in itself is a very uh, i i can't even describe the feeling that you get it's almost Mm -hmm. surreal to be standing there in front of grauman's chinese theater and looking at the the hand and footprints that was cool and marilyn monroe and being at the hotel where she once had a suite yes it was I swear I thought she was going to walk out at any moment. They've really taken it upon themselves to keep a lot of Hollywood the same. I mean, there's there's always building, there's things that are happening, but it really is a, a pretty crazy mid-century feel. Yeah, yeah, stuck in time. I know, Alex, for some of you that don't know this, he loves that whole mid-century vibe and decor and architecture and so he was in heaven walking mm-hmm. around seeing some of these places and experiencing, you know, the energy that's still left behind from some of these amazing people. It was kind of odd in some ways to see some of this architecture and then see modern vehicles driving by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he expected <laughs> to still be 
Yeah, the forties. Back in the fifties and sixties. Yeah. yeah. So it was really great. And uh, if you get the opportunity, those of you out here listening who have not gone to Hollywood, I would advise it. I would. I would say definitely do it. 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 it yeah, it's kitschy. It's yeah. kitschy. And, you know, you'll see a lot of the things that maybe you're like, eh, okay, huh, blah, 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 Hollywood. But but you do get caught up in it. When you have the right tour guide, you get caught up in it. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, it was cool. We enjoyed it. I will say, too, that I was pleasantly surprised with LAX Airport, I thought. Mm-hmm. My goodness, you know, for as big, and, and mind you, you know, growing up in Chicago and both of us being from the Midwest, we've flown in and out of O'Hare quite a bit, which is a very busy airport. But I was really impressed with uh, LAX and how quickly and efficient they were. Mm -hmm. That was really great. Mm -hmm. It was a really good time. And yes, some of you who are friends of ours or acquaintances of ours on Facebook, yes, that was us on TV. You could see us quite a bit in that episode. And if you have it on your DVR or if you're able to go back and look at the first episode, you will see us in the banquette with Jayco. And that that was loads of fun. I was really trying hard to look my best. You look great. <laughs> I think we were pretty swanky. Well, yeah, I think so. I had a white tuxedo jacket on. Yeah. Was, I, I don't know that we can go as far as bougie, but we were swanky. Yeah, we, we yeah, we had some <laughs> we had some swagger. As they well, Jayco has all the swagger. That's true. It's we're, hard to keep up. We're just the entourage. <laughs> So I'd like to just go ahead and wrap this episode up here. I just would like to throw one more thing out there, which is, you know, these guys aren't paid advertisers, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Uh, Happy ninth anniversary, Jay's Pub in Reedsburg, Wisconsin. Uh, Jason Pettit, who has been a friend of ours pretty much since uh, back in the early days of the coffee house. Well, and I worked with his wife, Jennifer. Jennifer, yeah. And, And, you know, we... We had a little bit going back and forth between the coffee shop and, and Jay's Pub. Not anything in terms of rivalry or stuff, but we, we recommended each other back and forth. And it was a really good relationship between mm-hmm. both places. His restaurant being on the east end of town where a lot of new buildings were being built and a lot of new places were were established. And, of course, with Kettle and Cup being downtown... There were oftentimes people who would come to only one side or the other, and we would recommend each other back and forth. And I was always grateful for Jason. And of course, we provided each other with shoulders to cry on sometimes <laughs> when business was crazy. So it was it, it Jason. Uh, if you're out there listening, uh, congratulations on nine years of business. I applaud you. It's yes. not an easy thing to do, and. Good for you. Good on you for sticking it out there. Mm-hmm. And those of you who might be in Wisconsin who are listening and haven't gone to Jay's Pub, you definitely need to do that. Just, uh, you know, pick up your device, go to your map or Google Maps, whichever, and look for Jay's Pub in Reedsburg. It's over there on Viking Drive or sometimes referred to as Highway H. They're both the same actual street and it's in the east side of Reedsburg. Definitely go and um, if Max is working and Max's desserts are, are uh, you know, TDF. He makes pretty good drinks too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely go there and, and, and visit and, uh, and have lunch or dinner. It's great. Yes, I agree. So... Without further ado, then, I guess we should probably bring this one to a close. I'm going to put out one more plug. Okay. I think the next interview that I will be doing, that I will be conducting, will be with Rollick and Rome, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And for some of you, you may not know that that is my daughter and my Mm son-in-law. And look forward to that one 
it, it's going to be an interesting interview interviewing my child and her husband, but it will be fun and informative. And there's some things that we can do to help local musicians and small town musicians that need that help. Oh, absolutely. And speaking of local musicians down here in the Southwest Florida area, check out the Florida Rhythm Kings. Florida Rhythm Kings. Alex is part of that, and they're pretty awesome. Also, another band that we've come to know that we're enjoying is Collaborations. Yes, they're great. Uh, Anybody down here in Southwest Florida, check out Collaborations. They play just about six or seven nights a week. They're busy guys, but they are entertaining for sure. Mm -hmm. And great guys. Great guys, definitely. And Florida Rhythm Kings are kind of just starting out, so any help that can be thrown their way, uh, we would love it. Definitely. So, well, anyway, I think we've plugged as many people as we can in one episode. <laughs> I'm sure here. we can find more, but we'll stick with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and don't forget, there's new uh, Porter Notes podcast uh, coffee mugs available on Teespring. Oh, yeah. So there'll be a link we'll to that, too. We'll get pictures up. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, we sip coffee often when we're doing these recordings. So you can just, uh, while you're sitting there listening, you can be sipping coffee with us. That's what you want them to think we're sipping. Well, yeah. <laughs> It's just, you know, it's just like back in the coffee shop days. We're having coffee. You're having coffee. We're doing all the talking. Mostly me. (laughs) You know, just like, just like you guys remember, just like you love it. You love it. Okay. Whether you do or not, you love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next time. uh, This is Alex. This is Lori. Bye. Have a fabulous day. Bye. 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 Bye.